Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. I'm excited tonight. I really believe uh, this is a, a word from the Lord tonight, and it's in some sense has has always helped me. Um, anytime I've gone through anything in life, I could always refer back to this. So if you can, we can stand one more time. If you open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 37, the book of Genesis chapter 37, I want to take this time. You have amazing pastors um, that are just absolutely cool and uh, they, they love Jesus and there's nothing more than I can say um, than when your pastors are willing to step back and let others step up and you don't see that a lot and that's why you see a lot of churches that are dying today uh, because pastors uh, you know don't really understand what succession and what you know what it means to give a generation an opportunity and so we want to honor you guys thank you so much pastors why don't you give it up for your pastors they're awesome amazing cool and then i and then and then i realized like everybody on the stage is like hooked up with each other i'm like this man's smart man you guys all get married and stay here. It's all good. He ain't dumb. Genesis chapter 37. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers. And they hated him even more. I want to speak to you really quick tonight. A message I've entitled, Don't Quit, You Have Too Much Favor. Father, we love you today. Thank you for giving us the spirit of revelation. Give our minds illumination that we would experience transformation. Father, give us a mind to perceive and a heart to receive all that we have. And I pray that after this message, we will never, never, never be the same. In Jesus' name and all God's radical people that showed up at 6 o'clock tonight because there was nothing on television. Say amen and amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. When you look at the life of Joseph, Joseph was the person that actually mirrored Christ more than any other person in the Old Testament. The prophets of the Old carried a characteristic as the Old Testament was just a shadow of the New Testament and how God was painting the picture uh, chapter by chapter until one day he had to shut the stage down between uh, the Old Testament and then the 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament they called the Intertestament they actually, he, it actually God closed the curtains kind of redirected the set and then he opened it up again called the New Testament and he introduced Jesus in Matthew chapter 1 but prior to that all the time and every character and everything that was going on with the children of Israel and, and the kingdom of God it was all a a, 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 a a reflection of what God was about to do through the life of Jesus 
But yet when you study the life of Joseph, parallel, there are some tremendous uh, uh, things that come together. For instance, uh, Joseph started his ministry at the age of 30. Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30. Joseph wore a coat of many colors. Jesus wore a robe that was magnificent that when he was on the cross, the people ripped it up. Joseph was thrown into the pit. Jesus had to go down to the depths called hell to get the keys of life and death. Joseph had a father that absolutely loved him. uh, Jesus had a father that the first time he ever spoke of him said, this is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased with. Joseph had brothers that hated him. Jesus had his own people that hated him. So there was all these similarities that you just see him the life of Jesus actually living in the life of Joseph. And the Bible says that Joseph, being the youngest son, had a dream. And when Joseph had a dream, that, that, that word had a dream or that phrase had a dream in, in Hebrew, and what they, or in which they call Hebrew linguistics, which means a language of Hebrew writing, that actual uh, a sentence that says Joseph had a dream actually means to bind firmly. In other words, it wasn't just something that he saw while he was sleeping. It was something that he held on to. It was something that he just didn't have a dream. It's that the dream became his life. And just like your pastors who were one day living in a, in a far off country, living, living somewhere else, the Bible, uh, your pastors, God gave them a dream for this house. And that dream was bound very firmly with them to the point that it wasn't just something that they were seeing, it was something now that they became. And I believe that every single one of us has a dream in our life. Matter of fact, my life model or what I live for every day and the ambition that I have to pour into the lives of people is very simple. I believe everybody should have like a a hallmark statement of your life or a mission statement of your life. And my mission statement of my life has always been to cause people to inspire to dream again. If there's anything our church has been built on, it's the fact that they're inspired to once again dream again. Because the working of the enemy understands this. If I can kill your dream, I will stop your process. Because you're only going to go as far as what your dream is like. And most of us, most of us, what happens is, is that we get a dream, we get excited, and then we go through stages of life. We begin the process of where God takes us to where he wants us to be, and we land up quitting, fall too short. And what happens is, is that you never fulfill the dream in your own life. Joseph had a dream and the Bible says he went and told his brothers and his brothers hated on him. Now you got to understand something. Folks are going to hate your dream. Let me just help you out here. Okay. People are going to sip on haterade. They ain't going to like your dream. And oftentimes we share our dreams with the wrong people. See, I've learned only share your dreams with people who have a dream, but people who don't have a dream, don't share it with them because they're dream killers, which lets me know their dream ain't alive anymore. And so Joseph, he had this dream. Let me get my guys up here. Or some, I, got, I got some people up here that I'm going to show you. Joseph had a dream. And when God gave Joseph this dream, it was absolutely incredible on what God was doing. And I believe this is exactly what God does in our lives when it comes to having a dream. I love it. Mr. Pitt, you're first. Yes, yes. Yeah, get in your orders. Beautiful. 
beautiful. There you go. You guys are looking great. Now watch this. Here's what's amazing. That when, Jesus, when, God, gave, when God gave Joseph the dream, Joseph was 17. But what God showed Joseph, well, what, what, what would his life look like at the age of 30? So what happened was, was that God gave this dream to Joseph at 17, which Joseph was living now. But what God was revealing to him in the dream is what would be next. And see, the tension that you and I live in often is, is that when God gives us a dream, he always shows us what's next. Your dream is never about now. It's not where you are. It's not where you've been. It's always about where you're going. It's always about foresight. And God gives you foresight in your insight. Come on, am I talking to somebody? And so what happens is is that God always reveals what's next in your life. But the tension that you and I live in is that God shows us now here but he reveals to it and the dream is about when we get over here because you got to understand something about the mind of God in Isaiah chapter 46 and verse 10 the Bible says that God declares everything from the end to the beginning if you want to understand the way God thinks God always sees your end before the beginning matter of fact uh, if you take a, a a Bible that Jews use today which is what they call the Torah uh, which is the first five books of the Bible it's different than ours it's still the first five books but it starts with Deuteronomy and it ends with Genesis ours begins with Genesis and goes to Deuteronomy why do they have it that way it's because Jews are taught to always think like God they think from the end to the beginning it is why it is why Jews take uh, take up ten percent of the world, but they own forty percent of it because they have an understanding that they're always thinking from what's what's next to what's now to where they're all, where where they're going to be instead of where they're at. Our problem is is that we don't think from the end to the beginning. Our problem is is that we think from the beginning to the end. And so the struggle is, is the tension between it. Because we struggle with the fact that, God, how can you be speaking to me about something that I see, but when I open up my eyes and I look around, I'm not there yet. And so this comes as contradiction in some sense. And this is when the enemy begins to speak to you. And when he begins to speak to you, he says, look it, that was just a dream. You Don't worry about it. It's never going to happen. I've learned something about life. When I'm frustrated the most, I stop for a minute, I shut my eyes, and I begin to dream again. What I've learned is that I can see further with my eyes closed than with my eyes wide open. And so what it is, is the fact that you and I, God gives us a dream, but he's always showing us what's now, what's next when we're living in the now. And that's the tension we live in every day. It's because we want what's next, but we're still in the now. I love it because when you even think about Jesus, it's the way he did his ministry. One day Jesus was walking through a village and the Bible says there was a woman with the issue of blood. 12 years. While Jesus was on his way to a rich ruler's house whose daughter was dying at the age of 12. And so you found Jesus between one generation that was now bleeding at 12 years for 12 years, but he was headed towards a young girl who was 12 years of age. What you had, the bleeding woman who was the generation that's now, he was headed towards a 12-year-old who's the generation next. See, Jesus is always in the motion of going what's next, but he's still willing to stop in the now. 
And so what it is, is that it's in the life of Jesus. Jesus is always about now to what is next. Now, here's what's amazing, because what God showed Joseph, he said, Joseph, one day, he showed him this dream. He says, the, the, the people are going to bow. You're going to be second in charge. And what God showed Joseph, what was next? Here's what God didn't show Joseph. What God didn't show Joseph was his process. But what he showed him was his dream. And God always reveals to us our dream, but he never shows us our process. And the reason why God never shows us, shows us our process is that if God showed us our process, we would quit. We would be like, Lord, you got to take that for somebody else. I'm the wrong person to be doing this. No, no, no. Someone, and see, this is the problem. Look how the way we pray. Oh, God, if you'll just show me where I'm going, I promise you I'll follow you. And Jesus is like, you don't really want to know. You, really want, you don't really want to know what you're really asking for. Those are the prayers that Jesus doesn't answer. But I wanted to show you something because every one of us in here has a dream. And every one of us in this place is somewhere in the process of a dream. And the way God walked the life of Joseph from the now to what was next is the same way God walks our lives. See, the first thing that happened to Joseph. Now, you would think that Joseph, man, he would have went to the place. They'd be feeding him grapes. Girls be waving him some flags and all that kind of stuff, be fanning him down. But here's what's amazing, that Joseph, his first place he goes to is the pit. Is the pit. Now, now here, here, here's, here's what's amazing, is that Joseph goes from being next to his father when, his son, when, 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 when all of his brothers would wake up, his dad would send his brothers into the fields. That's why Joseph ran to the fields to tell them they're brothers because Joseph never had to go to the fields because Joseph was always next to the father. See, Jesus was next to the father before he was ever sent to the fields. And so he's, he's here, and Joseph is next to his father, but the first place he goes to is that he gets thrown into the pit. Now, most of us would sit there and say, wait a minute, God, this doesn't look like the dream you showed me. This doesn't, this, this doesn't seem like the place that you revealed to me. God, why am I in the pit? Remember what the dream means. It means to bind firmly. You see, here's why God takes us through a process. It's because God wants us to know at the end, can you make it to, do you really believe what I've revealed to you? And so he gets thrown into the pit. But here's what's amazing. What you and I would perceive as a pit or what you and I would perceive as we're in the wrong place. God was orchestrating everything behind the scenes. Because in order for Joseph to get to what his next would be is that he would have to be a Jewish boy sold into the Egyptian culture. It would be the only way that he would enter into Pharaoh's courts. So that meant that the only way he could actually begin the process was that he'd have to be thrown into the pit so that he would be sold by his brothers to some Egyptians that just so happened to walk by. This doesn't make sense now. But if you're standing at your next and you're looking at from where you were, from where you're at to where you were, it will begin to all make sense. 
you're like, oh, wait a minute, I had to go through that. Not I wanted to, but I had to go. So you got to understand something. You have to go through some things in order to get to where God wants you to be. And so what it is is that he gets thrown into the pit. And when he gets thrown into the pit, all of a sudden, the process of the development of the dream that God placed in his life begins to take place. Here's what we love. We love the promise, but we don't like the process. God, God throws him into, uh, God allows him to get thrown into the pit. The Bible says it just so happened that these boys were walking by like it just so happened that these boys were walking by like Jesus did not ordain their steps. Like, like it would just so happen. And then the Bible says they sold him into the hands of the Egyptians and the scriptures declare that he was placed in the house of Potiphar. Now I want you to get this because if you get this, I'm telling you, you would jump for joy. Here it is. Joseph, I mean Potiphar was a governor. Potiphar was only over a region. But the dream that God gave Joseph was that he would be in the palace of Pharaoh, which Pharaoh was the ruler of the entire kingdom. See, I want you to understand how the process of God works is that the palace of Pharaoh could look like the palace, I mean the palace of Potiphar could look like the palace of Pharaoh because you don't know what a big palace looks like because you've never been in one. And so the first place you get to is a small palace and it's the palace of Potiphar, but that's not your destination. The destination that God gave you is the palace of Pharaoh, which is a ruler of a kingdom when Potiphar is only a ruler over a region. See, this is what God does. He takes you from, he takes you from your dream, throws you into the pit, and strips you of everything you have because God's not going to allow nothing that you have to take something to take it where he's taking you at. This is why sometimes things got to be stripped away from you, and you get mad at God sometimes. God, why are you doing this? Why are you taking this away from me? And God said, I'm not going to allow you to take that stuff into the place I'm taking you. See, there always has to be subtraction before there's multiplication. Jesus started with 12 but only ended with 11. Subtraction. Before he got 8,000 in Acts chapter 2. Multiplication. And so what happens? He gets thrown into the palace. When he gets thrown into the palace, here's what happens. Watch this. This is a region when he's been called to a nation. God says, Joseph, before I can give you what's big you got to show me if I can trust you with what's small. We get blessed. We get a job. Man, we start making more money and then we stop tithing. And God goes, oh, you don't realize I have more for you. But I can't take you there because the bottom line is is that you can't pass the test where you're at. There's more, but you can't even be faithful with what you have. So God always takes you to Potiphar's palace before he's ever going to place you in Pharaoh's palace because he just wants to know, can I trust you with the little that you have? 
I speak to people all the time. Oh, Pastor, I'll serve if if I had more time, or or I'll get I'll, I'll come to church if I if I had more time, or I'll give when I get just a little bit more. And that's why they're stuck there when their life is destined for there, because they're giving God their minimums, and God's saying, I just want to know if you can handle with what what I got, because I got more in store for you, but I got to see if you're faithful with what I've given you right now. And after he took her and he took him into Potiphar's palace, next thing you know, it was the next test was the purity test. This is when God begins to check your heart. This is when he gives you an ego check. He wants to make sure pride doesn't come in just because you've gone this far. Because when pride walks in, God walks out. And so what happens? He landed up. He landed up taking him into this place and all of a sudden he's alone all by himself in Potiphar's house now think about that he's alone all by himself in Potiphar's house like when is when is another man alone with the man's wife he's alone with Potiphar's wife but here's what Potiphar told him Potiphar said Joseph you have rulership over everything you are second in charge over my cattle over my land and over the region. You're to steward all of this. But the one thing Potiphar never told and gave permission to Joseph on who he can steward was his wife. And so God allows him in a moment to be tested of his heart. And he says, I'm going to see if you're going to be like Adam. You get the inheritance of something you never built called Eden. And then I tell you, you can have anything you want, but don't touch this. And when you finally touch it, I'll remove you out of that place. And what happens? He goes through the same trial. He inherited Potiphar's house that he never built with his own hands. He was given stewardship over everything when he never earned it. It was just his favor. But the one thing he was told never to touch was his wife. And now here comes his wife in Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Begins to entice him. Now I want you to realize something. When Joseph was in the pit, the Bible says his brothers ripped his clothes. Matter of fact, most scholars believe that there was a wrestling match. He didn't want let it go he was like you're not taking this from me and so this is why there was such a, a, a rip there was a tear it was why it was so a piece uh, 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 so many pieces because he was fighting you're not going to take this away because the scripture tells us when 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 he gets to Potiphar's house he's given another robe but then now his wife comes in Victoria's Secret and here's what the Bible says and Joseph took his robe off and handed it to her notice the first robe he fought for the second robe he just handed it over because Joseph understood this isn't my last robe I'm wearing this isn't my destination this is the robe of Potiphar's servant but it ain't the robe of Pharaoh's servant See, there comes a time of life, there comes a time in your maturity when you're walking out the process of God that you stop fighting for things you were always meant to let go of. 
And instead, when God asks for it, you just go, here it is, God. You can take it. Why? Because you know if God always asks you for something, he has something better right in store for you. So he hands her it. He gets falsely accused. And as he gets, and as he gets falsely accused, the Bible says he's thrown into prison. Again, he finds himself in a situation where you're looking at that and you're saying, wait a minute, God, this doesn't look like my dream. I'm confused here. I mean, I thought you showed me that I'd be second in charge, but God, why am I going? I mean, yeah, I'm thrown into the pit. All of a sudden, I get into the palace. I do the right thing. I could have slept with her and nobody would have known. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? And, and he's like, I, I, could, I, I, could, I could have done nothing. Nobody would have known. But I do the right thing. And ha- has, has this ever happened to you? Uh, when you do the right thing, you get the wrong result. And you're sitting there and you're saying, wait a minute, God, I'm living for you. God, I'm tithing. God, I'm blessing you. I'm serving. I'm in church. Why does it seem like things are still happening wrong when I'm doing everything right? I'm here to let you know you're in the middle of your test. Just keep on going because favor is going to await your life. And so what happens is he gets into prison, but he doesn't realize there's a purpose for your prison. Just like there's a purpose for your prison. He's in the prison. The Bible says that he's locked up in there. He could have have been mad, upset, but there's a baker and a butler inside there that have a dream, and they need it interpreted. I want you to see this. When Joseph had the dream, he had the gift of a dreamer, just like all of us. We all have a dream in our lives. So when, 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 when Joseph had a dream, he had a dream in his life. Here's how you know Joseph could not interpret his dream. Because if Joseph would have interpreted his dream, it would have been revealed the process as well. But as Joseph, watch this, as Joseph was going through the process, the gift of God was being nurtured in his life. This time, Joseph's not the one who has a dream. But in the midst of a prison, you better hear me. In the midst of a prison is where Joseph discovers the gift that will unlock his future for his life. There's a reason why God has to bring you to a place of isolation. So that the gift that you thought you never had, that you desperately need, that's the key to unlock your future, is already inside of you. If Joseph would have never went to prison, he'd have never discovered his gift. You know what I've learned? Most people's gifts of purpose are revealed in the prisons of their pain. Show me your pain. And I guarantee you it will reveal, it will reveal your purpose. And while he's in the prison, he discovers a prophetic anointing in his life. He begins to prophesy to them, but look what he tells them. He says, here's the interpretation of your dream. He's operating in his gift. People of God that serve in this church, listen to me. He is operating in his gift, 
But look what he says at the end. He says, when you guys get out, just remember me. I'm going to give you my gift. I'm going to allow my gift to interpret your dream, Mr. Baker and Mr. Butler. But when you guys leave, just remember me. And I could imagine God sitting there saying, wait a minute. You think they hold the keys to your deliverance? And you're going to use your gift for a motive when it's not even yours. And God said, there is a, a power test that you'll go through because I'm going to reveal to you greatness. Accolades are going to come. People are going to applaud you. People are going to look up to you. But if you think you're going to manipulate that power to get what you want in your timing instead of mine, then I'll remove that gift from you. I'll lift it from your life. And this is where you and I got to learn how to manage the power that God gives us. Most people never get past this because they have a sense of freedom. They're doing something. They're being recognized. People are looking up to them and they love it. They're like, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah, I'm the woman. And they don't want to go and serve other places because they're used to the limelight. They used to be everywhere, but now they only want the stage. And you're like, wait a minute, you didn't start there. What makes you think you can't go back and serve where you came from? You ought to go back where you, and, and all of a sudden the gift begins to get lifted off of you. Why? Because you can't even pass the power test. And then all of a sudden, he prophesies, he's given power, manages it correctly. But the Bible says, watch this, he stood in the prison two years longer. Matter of fact, two years longer than what he should have. Can I tell you something? What was supposed to take the children of Israel 11 days took them 40 years. You want to know why? Because we're the ones that control how long our process goes. Just keep on making the same mistakes. Children of Israel did. You know, if you look at the way they were supposed to go, it was a straight line. It was almost like ziggy, ziggy, take them 11 days. But you look at their route, just study the route of the children of Israel. It was a circle. Like every year. Oh, God, weren't we just here like a year ago? Next year, it's like, whoa. We're back at this again. Marriage gets healed. All of a sudden, a year later, we're still going through this. I thought, I thought we got past this a year ago. You want to know what happens when, when you don't pass the test? You got to retake the exam. It's why your life is cyclical. You just keep on going through the same thing. The sign that you keep on going through the same thing is a sign that you... You haven't passed the test. And you'll never get promoted to the next level until you're worthy to pass the level you're at. God, I want the next level. And God's like, pass the test. Let me help you out here too. You want to know why it's always quiet when you're going through a test? And you want God to speak to you? God, you better hear me. God, I need to, I need to know it's you. God, I need to know it's you. I'm going through this. I need to know it's you. And you don't hear from heaven? Let me give you a help here. A teacher never talks in the midst of an exam. 
You hearing me? He ain't going to talk. And the reason why he doesn't talk is because the reason why a test is in front of you is because he feels you're equipped enough to pass the test. It's now on you. He's trained you. He's molded you. He's guided you. Now just go back to the instruction that you were taught while he was walking with you. He's silent now. He can't do this for you. He's already gone this far. You got to do it yourself. Come on. And so he passes the power test. He gets out of prison and guess where God takes him? To Potiphar's palace. He's second in charge. He has all the prosperity in the world. All of it. He controls and distributes the wealth. What happens when God has blessed you so much? How are you distributing it the right way? It's the prosperity test. You have everything. You got where you were. God has brought you there. But in some sense, you're still not fulfilling your purpose. You may have it all, but you're not in your purpose. And what happens is, is that God blesses him he's distributing it and now all of a sudden as I close, this is my closing, watch this, as I close he gets to his next test it's called the pardon test because the people that show up to get some wealth to get some food because they're in the midst of famine are the people who sold him out after he told them the dream and God is like Joseph do you really want to live in your purpose? Come on, as I get the keyboard player. Do you want me to live in your purpose? Yeah, I, I want to live in my purpose. God said, then you got to forgive. Now I'm going to show you something. Sorry about that. I'm going to show you something. It's difficult. Okay, I'm going to get real with you, okay? California, getting real with you. It's difficult to forgive those who've hurt you. When you feel as if they strip things from you. And then the pain only grows worse as you're going from one test to the other. Until you finally get one step close to the purpose of God in your life. And the sign that you are that close to the purpose of God in your life is when God makes you confront what started the whole process. And all of a sudden, Joseph is right here. He has all the prosperity. And he can give it to his brothers. And people always ask the question, why was it so easy for Joseph to give to his brothers when most folks wouldn't have? It's simple. Because by this time, Joseph already had the mind of God. And he realized, guys, can I tell you something? 
I'm thankful I'm in this position. I know you're in famine. I know dad's in famine. I know my brother's in famine. And I'm so thankful I'm in this position. Guys, I know you. I know you think I'm not going to forgive you. But you don't realize I have no choice. And the reason why I don't have no choice to forgive you is because you actually played a role. Because if you didn't sell me out, I'd have never been sold to the Egyptians. If I'd have never been sold to the Egyptians, I would have never got to Potiphar's palace. And being in Potiphar's palace, if I would have never turned his wife down, I'd have never got to the prison. And if I was never in the prison, I would have never had the ability to discover the gift that was in my life. And if I never would have discovered the gift in my life, I wouldn't have known that I can interpret the dream of a baker and a butler that would bring me into a place of position that eventually the king would need an interpretation and somebody would remind him there was someone in his own prison that it interpreted. And when he did, he brought me up and he put me into a place of prosperity. And you're asking me, how is it that I can forgive you? How can I not? You played the biggest part. And I wouldn't be where I am unless you sold me out. And you're holding on. You're holding on to people who have stripped you. You're holding on to people who have angered you. You're holding on to people that have rejected you. You're holding on to people who have walked out on your life. But look where you're at, child of God. Look where you're at, beloved. You wouldn't be where you are today if folks didn't walk out on you. If people that said they were for you and the next thing you know, they stab you right in the back. See, the day's going to come when God's going to bring it all full circle and he's going to bring those same people back into your path and they ain't even going to notice who you are. They're going to sit there and say, my God, what happened to you? The last time I saw you was broke, busted, and disgusted. The last time I saw you was all jacked up. But what happened to you? And instead of them expecting that you're going to lash out on them or walk away from them, you're just going to sit there bring your hat out and say thank you so much and they're going to look at you and say thank you for what you're going to say thank you for hurting me thank you for breaking my heart thank you for lying to me thank you for cheating for me thank you for doing all these things because if you didn't do it I wouldn't be where I'm at today there's no way I would have been where I'm at today you know what I love about you you know you want to know what I love about this here's what I love about this is I'm done you know what I love about this is that you would spend a lot of money to buy this when you're thirsty. Every one of us. I'm thirsty. I need this. And you'll spend some money on it. And what you don't even realize that at one time, this thing was crushed, thrown into a trash. Somebody had to go into the trash and pick it out. And then they had to take this crushed bottle and they had to put it into a recycling bin. And they would take this crushed bottle through a process till it finally gets to its purpose and then all of a sudden it would be empty but it would never look like it's ever been hurt because none of you are going to spend two dollars for a bottled water that looks crushed and then it gets filled up 
And then it gets put onto the shelf. And when it gets put onto the shelf, its purpose is now there because its, its purpose is to now fill up the mouth of a person who desperately needs it. See, what you don't realize is on the back of this little thing back here, Kirkland back here, just in small writing, it says this. It says, this is a product that has been recycled. Five cents. Five cents. What you're drinking from is a product that has gone through a process to discover its purpose. Don't stop. Don't quit. You're too favored. There's too much on your life. And then there's a lot of others that are dependent on you to get there, to finally make it because they need to be free themselves. But they're not free because they're still holding on to the guilt of why they did what they did to you. And in Jesus' name, walk through the process. If God before you, who could be against you? Greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. You're a child of God. You were never destined to fail. You're a product that may have been stepped on, but guess what? God's a God that will take you through a process. He will reshape your life all over again because you're the clay and he's the potter. And when he's all done with you, nobody would even know where you came from because that's how good God restores and replenishes our lives. Come on, are you hearing me? Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.